Welcome to the Beyond Intuitive Eating Podcast, hosted by me, Beth Basham. I am a registered dietitian, certified intuitive eating counselor, and liberated body coach. I'm also a wife and mama to two amazing little people. With over 20 years of experience, I help women bridge food freedom with optimal health using principles of intuitive eating, foundations of emotional mastery, functional medicine, and neuroscience. This is the space where you get to end the war with your body and discover total confidence and true health from the inside out. Look, I get it. You want food and body freedom, but you also wouldn't mind dropping a few pounds while you're at it. I mean, if you look at my story, I actually embarked on the intuitive eating journey and became an intuitive eating counselor because I wanted to lose weight. Yes, it's true. So I get that. I totally understand that. And, you know, it's likely you've heard all the obesity fears promoted across social media, the news, and even in your own doctor's office. Let's face it, 65% of Americans are classified as overweight or obese, and that number is climbing. It's an epidemic. We're eating too much junk food. We aren't exercising enough. We are doomed. The list goes on. But let's face it, diets don't work. And there is enough research to support that they not only fail 95% of the time, they actually lead to weight gain increase your risk of chronic illness, anxiety, and depression, in addition to many other risk factors. So in today's show, I want to give you an answer to your weight loss woes, but it might look a bit different than what you're expecting. I want to introduce you to a better way to approach your health goals in 2024 so that you can actually stabilize your weight at a better place that's right for your body which means no more yo-yo to your physical or your mental well-being, but also it's going to take you a step closer to the confidence and the peace in your body that you're actually after. And what I can pack into this episode is backed by scientific evidence and research and a lot of it. So while your healthcare provider or the medical system may not yet be up to speed on all of this, I want to take you there so you can step into this next year with more empowerment, a better attitude, and see your life dramatically change for the better. And I don't say any of this lightly. This is something that was actually very difficult for me to wrap my head around the first time I learned about it. And I had to read and learn and look at the research over and over to really shift how I viewed health. And how I had to let go of this notion that weight loss was the way to get there. Because I was trained in the medical system that preached the obesity epidemic. It's the, it's the biggest epidemic to hit America in, you know, so-and-so, such-and-such amount of time. And it was very fear-based, very scary. And it's still there. It still persists. It's what diet culture rides on top of. If you're not wanting to drop the pounds just to look better, you know, and look more sexy, more attractive, diet culture will tout that you need to lose weight to be healthy. And our research is out now showing us that that is not as straightforward and as linear as one might see, as one might consider or think is possible. So I really want to spend some time talking about this because we have all been conditioned to believe that whether or not 
you just want to look more attractive at a smaller size pant, there's actually not research to support that slimming your pant size is going to help you become healthier. I know you're probably shaking your head and you're like, uh, I don't know about that. When I lost 20 pounds, I felt better and I was healthier. And I want to talk a little bit more about that. Okay. Because I don't want to minimize that. And I want to see and validate all of the experiences that anybody listening to this podcast might've had. Okay. I'm not saying, and I'm not promoting that losing weight is wrong or bad. I'm not anti-weight loss. And I think that's a big thing that gets confused in this non-diet, anti-diet approach is that somehow we're saying you shouldn't ever lose weight. There's something wrong if that's even in the back of your mind. No, in fact, quite the opposite. When I embark with clients on this journey together, bodies change. I mean, bodies change inevitably throughout our throughout our life, right? We have periods of time when we weigh less than other periods of time. This is all natural and normal. And the pursuit and the desire to lose weight is not wrong either. I mean, let's face it, we've been in a culture that has said over and over that you need to lose weight to be healthy and to look good. So it makes sense that that's going to be deeply ingrained in our desires. And again, I don't want to say this is a problem. And I don't even want to say that if you embark on the intuitive eating journey, on the food freedom journey, that it's wrong if your body does shrink a little bit, okay? There's nothing wrong with any of it, but I want to talk about the research because I think we are led by a lot of misinformation that, you know, as we step into the new year, weight loss is going to solve all of our problems, our health problems, our mental emotional problems, all the things. Okay. And the reality is, and you probably know this if you've been sticking with me for a little bit of time or maybe the entire time I've been creating this podcast, but diets have failed you big time. And a lot of us think it's our willpower. It's a willpower issue, but it's not at all. Every dieter that I've ever confronted, including myself, because I used to be an avid dieter, always trying to shrink my body, always trying to get into a smaller pant size. I was not somebody who was lazy or uh, who didn't want the thing and didn't go after it. In fact, I was quite the opposite. I was incredibly committed to my weight loss journey, (laughs) so much so that I got a degree in nutrition and I studied my butt off in different continuing education courses to figure out how to fix my broken body. It was not a willpower issue. I was dedicated, and I'm guessing that if you have spent any time dieting, you were not lazy either, and your issue had nothing to do with willpower. If anything else, you were probably more dedicated to your weight loss journey than many other things in your life. And I want to really point this out because it's not a willpower issue at all. It's the diet culture and the diet itself that has failed you. That's actually worked outside of your biology. Your biology will always win. So let's talk about that. We know now from the research that our bodies like to maintain status quo. They like to keep your weight relatively stable. Many research call this, researchers call this your set point. And it's something that your body has. There's lots of mechanisms in place that I'm not going to go to in detail here in this podcast, but there are plenty of mechanisms in place that keep you from dipping too far below your set point. And these sophisticated mechanisms are there to actually protect you. 
So if you drop too much weight, your body actually puts out a set of alarms, hormones, and uh, sophisticated mechanisms to say, hey, wait, this is not okay. We need to help this person survive. It actually responds to a you know lack of calories, if you will. Um, you do start to release fat stores and you stu- do start to lose weight, but there's something signaled in your body that says, wait a second, this isn't okay. We have got to take measures to prevent this person from losing too much. So hunger signals change. We feel like we don't have the willpower, the willpower button shuts off. And that's all by design. This is actually a beautiful and brilliant way that the body helps keep us safe. And for this reason, we shouldn't be too surprised that weight loss efforts are rarely maintained. Because if you dip too far below your quote unquote set point, your body is going to take measures to not only help bring you back, but then add extra weight to your body so that it can protect you from future times of restriction and famine. Okay, this is why so much of the time that you have dropped the weight, you know, gotten into a smaller body, it's rarely maintained for the long term because you have these mechanisms in place, these beautiful, brilliant mechanisms. And I emphasize brilliant and beautiful because the biology of our body is brilliant and beautiful. And if we don't start to see it that way, and we still don't start to see this as a blessing on some level rather than a curse, then we will stay stuck in diet culture cycles. We will continue to see this as a problem. We will continue to see our body as a problem. You see, the yo-yo restriction cycle that dieting perpetuates has increased the American and actually all over the world, that set point over the years. Our issue, and this is my declaration and my, my thought to give you, that it's not the problem. The obesity cycle is not the issue. It's the way that we have approached health for the past two centuries. Diet culture is deeply rooted in racism and other forms of discrimination. And while this is, again, not the context of our conversation today, I want to point that out because it has been something that has taken over our culture for not just decades, but for centuries. Our bodies aren't great at losing weight, and that's because it's there to protect us. In addition, our food environment has changed dramatically in the past century. We have access to plenty of calories to keep us fed, right? And when we create that intentional caloric deficit through dieting, through restriction, through quote-unquote clean eating, however you look at it, usually a diet is trying to decrease your calories, whether it's by cutting out an entire food group or two, changing the types of foods you eat, giving you a good food, bad food list. At the end of the day, we lose weight because we're taking in less than we're expending, Right? And over time, our bodies say, no, thank you. We cannot deal with this. And when we're in a food environment that has changed, where foods are more palatable, more accessible, right? we can get more calories in our body for cheaper than ever. This is not a problem. I'm not saying that these foods are wrong. I'm just saying our food environment has changed, and we layer that on top of this whole notion that we need to have better willpower to stay healthy. We create a perfect storm for defeat, for quote unquote failure. And I put air quotes around failure because I don't believe failure actually exists. 
But in other words, I feel like we've been pointing the finger at the wrong problem. It's not the person. It's not the person at all. If we are to overcome our obesity crisis, which again, I don't even think should be (laughs) where we focus, we have to start treating the whole person. We have to start looking at how we relate to food, how we relate to body. We have to look at our fat phobic and our weight stigma and not just on a cultural level, but on an individual level. Again, I'm going off on a tangent here, but I'm trying to make a point that our obsession in our culture with weight loss is loaded. It's loaded with a lot of stuff that we can't fix by just dropping the pounds. It's looking at the whole person and really actually looking at the research that shows us that diets, they don't work. And what about all the medications now that are coming out? Injections, medications for getting rid of this extra weight, right? They look like they're the panacea, the the way that we fix our problem. But what people don't often realize is that these medications, while they might you know, turn off some of the food noise that uh, people who struggle with their weight might say is the problem, they might change and shift our our feelings of hunger and fullness, the problem is that what happens when we come off of them, right? We get on this medication, which is likely to have side effects that may or may not be so desirable. And if we are to consider that this is something we want to do to get rid of the extra weight, just consider when are you going to come off it? What's going to happen? Isn't the medication the same thing as another diet? It's like you have to do it for life or else. And again, I think that, and while I don't have, and there's still research coming out on all these different medications, my my assumption and my guess is that these are just going to be another Band-Aid, another Band-Aid for treating the whole person, another Band-Aid for looking at the deeper issues that are related to overeating, that are related to diet culture's influence on how we look at bodies in general. I mean, if we're looking at that, I mean, that's a whole nother episode, weight stigma and fat phobia, complete other episode to help us understand the deeper cultural roots of this issue. Now, some of you might be thinking, okay, so there's this, this thing where if I eat too little and I can understand and wrap my head around the biology that you know, if I go into caloric restriction, then my body is going to want to pull me out and I'm going to, um, you know, rebound weight gain because I, you know, can't maintain that because there's biological mechanisms that pull me back. Okay. I can get my head around that, but what about exercise, right? If I exercise, doesn't that help with weight loss? There's a lot out there that says, if you just exercise more, then you'll lose weight. But the research behind that notion is actually pretty poor. Research finds that exercise has a ton of benefits for the body. And I do not want to tell you right now that you should just abandon all your exercise goals because that's definitely not the point here. There are um, so many benefits of exercise that help with longevity, Uh, decreased risk for chronic illness, blood sugar regulation, mental and emotional attitudes, and mental emotional health. I mean, the list goes on. There are reasons to create an exercise routine for yourself. Unfortunately, weight loss, weight loss is not one of them. 
If anything, research does support that exercise can help a person avoid gaining weight, but it's not that awesome at helping you actually drop extra pounds. And it goes back to what I shared earlier in that our body is really, really good at wanting to keep our weight at a certain place within about a five to 10 pound range for the most part. Obviously, there's some variation to that. And I don't want to get black and white with you here on everything. There's always outliers. There's always people who defy the odds. But for the general public, for most of us, exercise is not going to be a great weight loss tool. And in some and in some research studies, exercise actually promotes weight gain um, because, and especially in women, because when we exercise a lot, we get hungrier. We're burning more energy. So again, our body has these brilliant and beautiful mechanisms to help us maintain our weight. So, you know, those, and, and also, sorry, kind of uh, looking at my notes and wanting to share so much with you all <laughs> that I'm stuttering a bit more than usual, but most studies find that those who exercise regularly, okay, and those who don't, most research and studies find that there's maybe a five to 10 pound difference between those two groups. Isn't that interesting? Okay. So I am a huge proponent of exercise. I've actually recently recently established a new exercise routine where I'm waking up like at 530 in the morning to go work out because it helps me feel so much better during my day. I resisted it on some level because I was afraid of falling back into that obsession with movement as a form of changing my body and shifting my body, but I've overcome that and I now see exercise as this beautiful way to keep my brain sharp, to keep my um, emotions more regulated, and when and on the days that I go to the gym early in the morning, I have so much more energy throughout the entire day. So again, I'm not going to the gym to... Uh, lose weight, but I am going to support my overall health, mental, emotional, and physical. Because active people, through the evidence, are overall so much healthier than sedentary ones. But there's a key point here. This is true regardless of the number on the scale or the measurement of your waist, right? Exercise can cure or prevent diabetes. It can um, Support those with insulin resistance, hypertension, high cholesterol, cancer, digestive orders. You know, like almost every chronic condition can be supported through movement. And when I say that, I also say within intuitive movement. I talk about intuitive eating, but I also think, and this could be another episode, that we also have to move our bodies in a way that works for us. You know, some of us have pain. Some of us have, are, are older or younger than others. So exercise gonna, is going to look different for every individual. But activity, regular activity, does, uh, does support our health overall. And it should be part of our routine regardless of how much we weigh at the end of our exercise, you know, at the end of the time that we're exercising, okay? So again, going back to... Um, kind of the general point here. If you are hearing me now, you're hearing that, you know, weight is not, weight loss is not easy (laughs) for the body. Our bodies do not like to lose weight and maintain that, right? We like to stay around our set point. And we've, you know, often thought that food is the way to get weight off. And then others have thought, oh, exercise is the way way to get weight off. And we're learning from the research that neither is actually a long-term solution. 
And I'm going to get to the long-term solution. Don't worry. But I want to talk about one more thing. And there's so many more things I could talk about, but that's why I have a podcast so I can pop in from time to time or weekly to share these little tidbits. But here's the other thing that I want to share today, and that's that we are, as a culture, as individuals, and this is where I really go deep with my clients because I find that this is where the magic happens when we are cultivating more health and wellness, confidence, and liberation in our bodies, and that is that we are emotionally starved. How we live our lives and what we eat matter to a degree, okay? So I'm not negating nutrition either. I'm a dietitian. I see value in nutrition research. I see how different foods can be more or less nourishing to a body. But so many of us are missing a key nutrient in our lives. And I call this vitamin P. Can you guess what it is? Vitamin P, also known as vitamin pleasure. We have such fast-paced lives There's such a stigma on maintaining mental health, so much praise for restriction, willpower, or looking a certain way. And this costs us so much. And one of the vitamins it depletes in our body, this is a metaphor, I know you know this, (laughs) is vitamin pleasure. We live in the space of not being enough and not being given permission to feel all of our feelings, not only have we placed a good food or a, a good and a bad on foods, but we've also placed goodness and badness or wrongness on certain emotions, especially the emotions that don't look good or considered negative. We shove them under the rug and we say, no, 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 I've just got to stay strong. I can't feel bad because it's, it's an inconvenience for other people when I feel sad or depressed, or frustrated, or angry, right? And this costs us so much. It costs us the true opportunity to experience more pleasure in our lives because you can shove your negative emotions under the rug all day long, but they inevitably will resurface. And you know this because you continue to want to go back to diet culture solutions to solve your pain to solve the emotions that don't feel good. We diet, we try to shrink our bodies thinking that it's going to make us more happy and joyful and we're going to feel less less depression, less anxiety around how our body looks. But the key to actually shifting that is to recognize that that feeling of disgust, that feeling of frustration, the feeling of not being seen or heard by our peers because we look a certain way, We are suppressing all of the feels there because they're wrong. Those emotions are wrong. They are inconvenient if we express those to others. And there's such a, like I mentioned, such a stigma on mental health. So, so many people are not only not willing to look at those things because we've never been taught how, but when we're offered support to do that, we're like, "Uh uh-uh, I don't need that. I'm, I'm stronger than that. Right? We have such a value in our culture for being mentally strong and tough that we forget that part of our superpower as humans on this planet is to feel the feels, to recognize that emotions live in and are processed by our body. And we don't allow our emotions to be metabolized when we suppress them. They will express themselves as other behaviors that look like overeating, self-abandonment, over-exercising, overworking, 
right? There's a lot of different ways that it can be expressed when we're suppressing emotion. And believe me, I will tell you right here, right now, that me, the person talking to you, is not is not superhuman. I deal with all of these things in my own life. And while I feel very confident with my relationship to food and my body, there are moments in the past year that I've overworked to compensate for something I didn't want to feel, right? And this is not a problem. There's not something wrong with me. I don't need to be fixed, you know? Um, I probably could be labeled a workaholic in my past, an overachiever, a type A person who likes to get the best grades, be seen, you know, in my work that I do, be validated by the external praise of others. I don't deny any of that. And I also recognize that my superpower and my strength comes from seeing that and recognizing what am I trying to suppress by going into a workaholic mode. And in the past, when I still was in diet culture, it was over-exercise. It was restriction. I was using these behaviors to cover up the deeper pain inside of me. So many of us have a nervous system that was never trained or never, I don't even want to say trained because we were all born with a nervous system that knew how to operate perfectly. In fact, it still does. But when our nervous system has been disrupted because it's not allowed to metabolize normal human emotion, it disrupts our hunger and fullness cues, and it disables our ability to trust our bodies to do the heavy lifting when it comes to weight stabilization, when it comes to discovering more health in our body, to knowing exactly what we should eat, even in a sea of hyper-processed foods and extra sugar and fat, as they say, right? We don't trust our bodies. We don't trust ourselves with food because we have been taught that we can't be trusted, The actual peace and confidence we so desperately want more of is right there within us, but we can't tap into it when it's clouded by all of the other emotions that we don't allow ourselves to feel. In other words, and I mentioned this on episode three of this podcast, but so many of us who think that our weight issues are a result of an emotional eating problem are actually mistaken. No one has an emotional eating problem. We have a caretaking problem. We don't take care of ourselves. We don't tend to our emotions. We don't tend to our bodies, treating our bodies like the temple that it is, you know? So this is not a weight problem that our culture is facing. This is not an obesity epidemic. This is a caretaking epidemic, if you ask me. And the only solution to this is by going within and starting to shift the narratives, dismantle diet culture, dismantle the way that we've looked at bodies, right? This has been a long generational problem. And we think that it's normal because we've been living in it. We've been living in the mire of diet culture for so long that we've normalized it. And this is my opportunity to give you an opportunity (laughs) to say, wait a second, this actually... This is not normal. Me wanting to shrink my body and obsess about food day in, day out is not normal. Me going into the pantry and binging because I don't know how to handle my emotions yet is not normal. A culture that is obsessed in a healthcare system that is obsessed with using BMI as a measure of health is not okay. 
And it's an opportunity to reclaim and say, wait a second, I have had the tools for health and cultivating wellness in my body this entire time. And I've lived in a culture that has told me otherwise, that the solutions are outside of me. It's not okay for me to live in this space and time where people, uh, diet culture, all these different influences are, sh- are shifting how I see myself. Because look, you were born worthy. You were born, and I, you can see this in the little toddler, when they walk in the room, does a little toddler even question their worth and their ability to shine, right? I don't know about you guys, but I have an 18-month-old at the time of this recording, and when he walks into the room, he is the power. He commands attention because he is amazing. And I don't think anybody who's come into his life at this point in time would disagree. They'd probably laugh and smile and be in delight because he is so himself. He doesn't change himself for anybody. He hasn't allowed the messages of our culture to seep in to tell him anything different. He sits down at the table and he eats five servings of spaghetti at one meal and he skips the next snack. He trusts his body unlike anything else, right? We can see this in young children, which gives us evidence that we also have the ability to learn to trust our own body and to break away from this notion that just dropping the pounds in 2024 is going to be the way I get healthy this year. Do you see? Because it's ironic when people embark on this path, learning how to trust the body, getting back in touch with everything from the neck down and not living in between the ears anymore, if you get what I'm saying, not living from all of the obtrusive thoughts that and beliefs that actually are not true and starting to listen to the wisdom of the body is actually something you were born with. When you stop trying to control your weight with willpower or the next diet or the next injection, your body starts doing the job for you naturally and much more effectively. It's something I see with my clients and myself time after time after time after time. When we let go of the reins and we start to trust our body, our weight naturally stabilizes at a place that's good for our body. We start to listen to the needs that we have for movement, for nourishment, both nourishment from food and nourishment from that more mental, emotional standpoint. And our body is brilliantly designed to find balance, to find health. Weight is complicated, but intuitive eating and learning to retrust our body is, well, might feel like the harder path because it's going against everything you've learned your entire life. It is the path to true health and liberation inside and out. When we set aside our weight goals, so let's just say you're listening, you're like, ah, Beth, yeah, this sounds all great. You know, I I love what you're saying, but I still want to lose weight. (laughs) You know, that's okay. And I was in your shoes as well. Believe me. And it's not a problem. But if you can set aside your weight loss goals, even temporarily, and try on a new path because you've been down this road, you know diets don't work. And you're at a point where you're like, I need something that just makes me feel better. One of my superpowers in working with clients is helping them make that bridge 
helping them recognize that this isn't a willpower issue and really helping them concretize that they have the power within them to heal, to feel better, not only physically, but mentally and emotionally as well, because the three together are so important. Okay. Do I want to say anything else? I don't think I do. (laughs) I have a lot to say on this topic and I'm sure I could talk for another hour or two, but I want to keep this episode at a general, general half an hour length as I usually do. So just to go back in time, I want to review what I talked about. I started by telling you that diets have failed you big time and diets simply don't work. They work against the biology of our body that actually prevents us from losing too much weight. I know, not what you wanted to hear, but it's true. We also have to recognize that exercise is also not the panacea of weight loss. The research just doesn't support it. Doesn't mean we shouldn't exercise. Doesn't mean it's not a good idea to get into a routine to take care of ourselves because it has so many benefits. But weight loss isn't one of them. And active people are generally healthier than sedentary ones, regardless of the number of pounds on the scale. And then I told you about how we're emotionally starved as a culture and how I personally feel like this is one of the roots of the health epidemic that we're experiencing in this country, right? We tend to spend so much time living in this fast-paced life. Life. We have stigmas on mental health that we have not yet overcome. We praise restriction and willpower or looking a certain way, and this costs us so much. And then I led you to the solution, which I've discovered for myself and for hundreds of women that I've worked with, and that's learning how to trust your body again, learning how to trust yourself because you were born with that ability, and I know it can be turned back on. So I hope this helped you as you're embarking on the new year. We're moving into 2024. It's oftentimes a great time for reflection and looking at how we want to shift and change and support ourselves on this ongoing journey of development. So if you have any questions, of course, you know you can always reach out to me. I love to hear what your takeaways from this episode were. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, or you can email me at beth at bethbasham.com. For now, I hope you have a great one and we'll see you next week. Hey there, beautiful soul. Do you ever find yourself caught in an endless loop of negative thoughts about your body and feel like you're in a constant war with what and how much to eat? If so, you're not alone. Reading a book, listening to a podcast, or talking to a friend may not be enough to help you experience total confidence with food and your body. For this reason, I have reopened my group coaching program, Peace with Food and Soul, a four-month immersive space where you get to finally shed food and body guilt for good. I have dozens of testimonials from happy clients who will never spend another cent on diet culture solutions because they have created health, mind, body, and soul from the inside out in this program. Check out the show notes for a link to more information if joining a small community who gets you is just what you need to accelerate your journey. Thank you so much for listening in today. I am so grateful. If you enjoyed this podcast, I ask that you share with a friend who might also benefit. And if you want even more support on your food and body journey, please check the show notes for information about my free Facebook group and private coaching opportunities. See you next time.